So God is doing something very special, and He moves in waves, and we've, we've, you've heard this, the conversation around the waves of the Spirit, and I really believe the month of May, uh, we're, we're going to unfold a series called Kingdom Relationships. Say Kingdom Relationships. And uh, very vital in how we operate and how love is the conduit to move forward in, in all things that God wants to do. And, and the move of the Spirit is very, very vital that we operate in, in a spirit of love and know that God wants to use you. And um, so I, I believe that there, there's, there's going to be incredible moments over this, over this month. And I'm declaring that you're going to see friendships restored. Over the month of May, as we dive into and really believe, you're going to see families come back together. You're going to, you're going to see uh, intimacy in your marriage like you've never experienced before. You're going to see uh, just a fr at a friendship level, there's a depth of trust and authenticity that we are going to uh, be, uh, the light is going to be shone upon the church over the month of May. God is going to reveal that, uh, that this church will be known by love. This church will be known by love, and uh, we're gonna. And of course, we're gonna see the power of God. Of course, we're gonna see uh, incredible things. And last Sunday at the 12 p.m., um, the, the power of God just escalated and escalated, escalated. And there was one point where Catherine got me as bodies were laying on top of the bodies, and and uh, literally we had a team of like 10 people moving chairs. All like five rows of chairs were all being stacked and pushed to the side. And um, so the power of God is gonna come, but not to the detriment of not walking in love. And God's greatest command to you and I is to love him and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so turn with me to John 13, 34, that I want to kind of put as an umbrella over uh, the month of May. And it's a simple statement, it's a, a simple sentence, but very profound what Jesus says to us. And I, I think just as uh, any car engine needs a service, every single one of us needs a uh, go back to basics, a, a service in the sense of what Jesus has commanded us. And he says this, a new command I give you, love one another. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. I love that Jesus throws in the must. It's, a, it's, 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 a, it's just a, a compliment to the command of love your father, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And it's, when, when, when love is a command, if he commands it, it means we can do it. That you and I have the potential and the ability in the power of the Spirit to walk in love no matter what comes our way. And so let's pray and let's dive into this message. So Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the seeds uh, that you're gonna, you're gonna just spray across this community, Lord, over the month of May, Lord, in, in this conversation around kingdom relationships that each and every one of us uh, can be better spouses, each and every one of us can be better friends, each and every one of us uh, can, can learn to abide by the very principles in you that you've put in our path, Lord, to, to pave the way for successful, thriving relationships. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. The lowest voice you can possibly say, amen. Since 2020, I really believe Satan has, just like he did in the Garden of Eden, come out of the trees and has exposed himself. Uh, he has released a, uh, on a tangent, the spirit of division. Um, if you guys may have experienced the spirit of division, if you see the d division within the politics, division within race, division, division with gender, division within uh, all encompassing, it is, there is a spirit behind it. 
This spirit in Job 42 is named. Job names it Leviathan. Um, Leviathan is the spirit of separation. The spirit of separation wants to come in and disrupt and ultimately destroy your personal purpose that God has put on your life. He wants to dis disrupt and destroy the very corporate purpose that God has put under the umbrella of a name called City Point or other churches uh, in this region that God has ordained and specifically planted and purposed in Northern Colorado for such a time as this. The spirit of division wants to come in and wants to use you and I to partner with it, to verbally, whether verbally through our mouths, uh, uh, join with him in gossip and slander and judgment and division or with our little fingers or, or our little hands and, and swipe and, 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 and broadcast across social media uh, and, and, and joining with the spirit of division. I first encountered Leviathan uh, when I was about 2018. I was asleep one night and at 3 a.m. in the morning, Becky is sound asleep and uh, I woke up to part of the greatest darkness that I've ever experienced in my life. And uh, I've been around the world. I'm in definitely vast parts of, of Thailand and, and different parts of Africa and all that stuff. And th I woke up with a fear that was crippling. And I, I felt chained to the bed. I couldn't move. I could barely mumble out of my mouth uh, the very words. And I just, I, I just, I didn't know what was going on. And I just started praying. And finally I could start praying in the spirit. And I just asked, Holy Spirit, what is happening? And uh, name this thing. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, the spirit of Leviathan is in this room. And I, I just, I, I just, I felt like the power of the spirit come upon me and it was like chains being ripped off. Finally, I, I, I sat up and I started declaring the name of Jesus. And then finally, you know, two minutes into it, I jumped on the bed and I was just dancing on the bed, praising God, declaring the name of Jesus and I'm declaring that that spirit of Leviathan get out of my house. And literally in an instant, that spirit left and the joy of the presence came upon my room. And I'm telling you, it was insane. But I encountered a spirit that wants to separate, divide, and ultimately destroy. It's one of Satan's spirits on assignment to bring forth dest destruction. But Jesus in John 13, 34 gives us something that is, that is so much more powerful when he, when he declares and commands to us to love one another. That he has commanded us not just to come on a Sunday and have a power party. Not just come on a Sunday and, and, and witness bodies being laid out or witness miracles. And I, I saw hands go up all over the place as Pastor Rick was just saying, uh, healing there, healing there. Incredible. I love power parties. But power parties without the conduit of love draw, come empty and dry. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, 2 says, If I speak in the tongues of men of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Can I do some teaching today? Is that okay? I really believe that love is what is going to sustain the coming revival here in the U.S. Love is not going to be, uh, we're not going to be at that pop and fizzle church that just pops and fizzles and then fizzles out and, and, and people get broken and, and wrecked. We are gonna be the church that silences the noise of the gong to the world. Love is going to make such a statement in your walk and in your life, and I believe over this month with kingdom relationships that we will step into a, a season of restoration like you never dreamed possible. Your, your relationships will start to have such depth and meaning and value that you'll start to, start to learn from the very principles that God put in our pathway. Do you realize if we abide by the principles of God, we have less problems? 
If you learn to abide by the principles of how we are to love one another, you'll have less problems. Every single one of us drove a car in today, right? You ain't going to get into your car and drive the car to church on empty, are you? The principle of putting gas into your car, it's a natural thing, right? So in the same way, a lot of us live life in relationally depleted and broken and destroyed and not healed and whole and delivered to move forward to actually benefit the world walking in the power of love. Love has the ability to spread the gospel like we have never seen. And how fr- no matter how frustrated you are, no matter whether you feel like you, you, you have so much, I, I really felt during the prayer too, I really felt that um, there's a lot of um, people with father, really traumatic father issues from, from the day. Maybe your father was never there. Maybe the divorce happened and he just splits. But I, I see restoration with fathers in this house over the month of May. Um, I, I really feel that strongly. Um, just in the last seven years of me being here, uh, I can now declare and say that my dad is actually my friend for the first time in my life. So geez, I, I, God is after, God is after restoring fathers to sons and daughters. So real relationships. And turn with me to John 4, 5 to 18. I believe Jesus unpacks and declares something to us. Uh, It's really the secret to successful relationships. By far, this is the most important message uh, that I could possibly share over this month. And I really, I believe that we're we're going to go after uh, the Jezebel spirit um, over over the month of May. I really believe that God really wants us to, to focus and learn and be informed and grow together so that we can create relationships that the world looks at and goes, wow, the love that they have for one another. Wow, the way they manage relationships. Wow, the way they, way, the way they confront, the way they bring healing and restoration is going to be profound. So John 4, 5, 18 says this. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, I love that. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob and who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered and we all tune in. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She said, I have no husband. She replied, Jesus said to her, you're right when you say I have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now uh, have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. So looking into John uh, four, we're seeing a woman that has a disastrous, disastrous train wreck of relationships. Jesus wanted to come and exemplify not just to her, but to all humanity that he's after the real source of her problems and why her relationships continue to fail. 
He says the most important thing when it comes to relationships in this passage. She was a social outcast. Um, no woman could really go by to the well by herself. It was either because of a security issue, maybe that, you know, that it was very dangerous or a social reason. But this, no woman wanted to be identified with her because she was an adulteress at this moment. She was divorced five times over, so she was a low-status uh, citizen in this moment and in this time. And Jesus declares to her these words, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Jesus broke it down that he is the only one that can meet your deepest relational needs. He is the only one that will ever come close to satisfying you. He is pure and satisfying, bottom line. A lot of our relationships, we tend to try to find our primary need, relational needs met in man, met in people, met in our spouse, met in our friends, met in, met in the people around us. But people can meet only our secondary needs. Jesus is the one that can meet our primary need. The reason she was failing is because she put her trust, her hope, and her dreams in, in men. She tried to find her, herself in men, but the reality is, is Jesus is trying to find, you're digging and drinking from the wrong well. What well are you drinking from? When it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your relationship, when it comes to your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, when it comes to your friendship circles, what well are you drinking from? Adam and Eve, from the very beginning of time, God meant and designed for us to have Jesus at the very center of our relationships. Sin swept in and destroyed that. Sin came in and we lost the, the relationship. But by Genesis 6, because of sin and immorality and adultery, God says, I, I'm regretting making man. But God, Jesus is right here, is, 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 realize, is revealing to us that he is the only thing that satisfies and if, if, if you do studies, there's a human need, like there's an operating system that takes place every single day, 24 uh, seven, like an engine room, constantly going, these, these four needs that need to be met every single day that we're so soul thirsty, we're looking for. We're looking for these four things, write them down. One is acceptance. Every single one of us wanna be accepted. We wanna be feel, feel valued and like the slogan says, where you matter. Identity, everybody, want, everybody wants to feel significant. Security, we all want to feel like, man, we are in the palm of the hands of the creator of the universe, that I'm secure, I don't have to fight these insecure thoughts and purpose. So this operating system of looking for acceptance and identity and security and purpose, acceptance, identity, security and purpose, it's constantly subconsciously going every single day. And unless we learn to drink from the proper well, we will constantly try to find it in drugs and alcohol and other people and, and it will eventually come up empty and dry and hopefully not destructive and depleted. Accepted. We've got to come to the conclusion that even the cl people closest to us cannot meet our greatest personal needs. Hebrews 13.5 says, Jesus says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Leave you means physically. Forsake you means emotionally. So in other words, I can be sitting next to my wife and I can be physically there, but emotionally my heart is far from her. But Jesus declares in this that I will always be in proximity. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That means my heart will never turn away from you. I will always be there. You can always count on me. This living water is what you desire. 
It's the source. It's the very source of transformation, of change, of becoming, which we'll talk more in the month. But Jesus comes to this woman. I love because she is, she is at ground zero. She is broken. She is a baggage of pain. And he comes. I just love how God loves. I love how God loves. I love how he's loved me through my mess. I love how he's loved you through your mess. And he comes to this woman. And on her worst day, he becomes her best friend. Identity. This feeling special and unique and significant and that you're, you were made in your mother's womb and, and you were identified and, and God does own you. That you were bought with a price. And I love in Revelations 2.17, it says, I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. So in other words, my name is Aaron on this earth. My name is double Aaron. Thank you, Jesus. Aaron. Um, everybody say Aaron. It's so funny. Starbucks, no joke. Without a shadow of a doubt, I walk into Starbucks and I, I say my name. They're like, hey, hey, Ron needs a, a cold natural brew. Hey, hey, Ron. But uh, <laughs> think about this. That God gives, he's going to give you a white stone with your name that he specifically chose you at the beginning of time. That in him, you are so beautifully so beautifully identified that in him you are a son and daughter. You are magnificent in his eyes. He marvels at his creation with you. That we are looking for this identity. We are looking to be complete in him. We're looking to, to, be, to be absolutely uh, uh, strengthened. And, and the, the Bible says in Christ. 140 times the word in Christ is used in the Bible. It's the most used phrase to describe a disciple. Not the word Christian, but in Christ. In Christ. In other words, God wants you to, to rise up and know how complete complete you are in him. Dan Moeller says this. He says, I didn't wake up to need you today. I didn't wake up because Jesus, through Jesus, we've been made acceptable to God. Security, every single one of us wants to feel and know that peace of security despite earthquakes, disasters, uh, what's gonna happen with the food crisis, what's gonna happen with our uh, economy, what's gonna take place in our world with wars and whatever uh, rumors of, of everything. Purpose. A lot of this world wants to find purpose in money, but once money's gone, do you, do you still have a reason to live? So this operating system is moving day in and day out, putting us in this place, and Jesus is trying to define to us, saying, woman, you can keep drinking from that well, but you will come up empty, but I will bring living water. Drink from this well, drink from me, and a, a spring of living water will rise up, will rise up. You can always tell, can always tell when, I, when I'm depleted and when I'm empty. I can always tell when I'm trying to strive and when I'm trying to force myself. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm running on E right now. I'm, 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 I'm without peace. I'm without, I'm double-minded. It's, 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 it's like I'm now 41 years of age and you would think I'd be more decisive. And, 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 and the reality is, is that every single day until the day I die, I need to be surrendered. And number two is this, write this down. I need to be spirit led. I, I need to be spirit led because spirit led living will empower me to love people. It's only by the spirit of God that I can truly love those around me. Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know your spouse wants you to exhibit and exemplify every single one of those fruits. These fruits plus single men, cologne, and deodorant, they work wonders. 
absolute wonders. Love, true love only comes from God. It's not shallow, it's not me focused, it's not pleasing, it's not people pleasing. Joy, joy is happiness that doesn't depend on the circumstance. Joy is abiding even on your worst day. Peace, that, you, that you, you're full of peace and you give it away, that you're a peacemaker. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these things we desire because the, the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are for our benefit to live out this life, to be examples of the very love of, that we have in Christ and in and through us. Our emotions are supposed to operate like an engine with the oil of the Holy Spirit flowing through them. When the Holy Spirit is flowing through us, it's seamless. It's amazing. When, when offense comes, uh, we're not taken back by it. When the fiery dart of gossip comes or a comment comes on uh, social media or Facebook or, or whatever it is, uh, we, 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 we guide it in love and navigate it in that moment. But just like a car engine, when the oil runs out, the engine overheats and eventually shuts down. Without the Holy Spirit, we overheat and we damage those relationships around our life. That's why it's so important that we learn to soak in the presence of God every single morning. Let me, hear, let, let me just challenge on you this. If you're not a morning person, you need to become a morning person. The first thing that you do is, that it is surrendering to drink of this living water to allow this living water, whether it's through uh, meditating on his principles and, and meditating on his word or, or coming to a place. Uh, I just jumped on the piano, like I go on rhythms with, with songwriting and uh, I haven't really for 2022, haven't done a lot of songwriting. And I jumped on my, in the studio and I jumped on the piano and man, it was just like my first love experience again. I'm sitting there and a, a, you know, a song about precious presence came out and I'm just sitting there and all, all of a sudden I just, I stood on the key of C and just, just on that sea, and I just like literally started crying because I'm like, wow, this is it. This is the living water. This is what I thirst for. This is, this is better than any addictive drug. This is better than any stimulating mood. This is better than anything that the world has to offer. And we have to learn to cultivate allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us to drink from that water. So before Paul listed the fruits of the Spirit, he said, this, this is the thing he said in Galatians 5, 16, 23. He said, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Someone needs to hear that. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are, you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And look at this list of the acts of flesh. It's sexual immorality, it's impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he goes on to say, if you're not walking by the spirit, you are now in temptation's way because you're operating in the flesh. So, I mean, witchcraft, think about it. What, we're in temptation's way to operate in witchcraft? In manipulation, in control, and the Jezebel day will come in the next few weeks. See, the flesh is within our own skin trying to force something to take place. I'm trying to make that promotion happen at work. I'm trying to love you. I'm trying, I just can't. I, I, I want a desire. See, the flesh despises the spirit. You realize this. That, that's why Jesus said, put your flesh to death. Die to yourself. You want freedom in Christ? 
Ask the Holy Spirit, teach me how to kill myself. I want to die to this flesh. I want to die to my desires, my, the, 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 the things. I want to start to, I want the spirit to overcome and dominate. I want the spirit to, to possess every part of my life. I want, the, I want to operate in the spirit of God because I know he can empower me to love my wife like, like she needs to be loved. He can empower me to love my children like they need to be loved. He can empower you to be the friend. He can empower you to be the peacemaker in that circle of friendships at the university or, or at your workplace. He is the one that can empower you. And guess what? The decision is yours. Will you walk in the flesh or walk in the spirits? It's up to you. That's the beauty of it. God has given us the ability to partner with him. And through the Holy Spirit, he changes our wanter. You know, you got a wanter and you got a canner. A wanter and a canner. Everybody say wanter. Oh, sorry. Last week I, I said, uh, for soul night, I said child minding. But, I, but a lot of people thought I said child mining. So I'm very sorry if it came out that way because that sounds really bad. But the daily question is this. I just, yeah, I would love for you guys to live one day in my head. So the daily question you need to ask, am I going to drink from his well or am I going to drink from someone else's? Because without God, our relationships are set up for failure. So there's a principle of transference. What does this mean? A principle of transference means if I don't trust Jesus to meet my needs, I automatically start to transfer the expectation to meet my deepest needs to the people closest to me. So if I don't trust Jesus to meet those emotional needs, to meet my sense of acceptance and identity and security and purpose, what I'm going to now do is I'm going to transfer my need to be met by those people closest to me, my parents, my spouse, my children. And all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm placing someone in the position that God's supposed to be in. So in other words, every single one of us up to this point have tried to make someone in our life Jesus. Someone in our lives. And, and when you put people in that position, you put them in an impossible situation that, uh, that you eventually you become frustrated. You become angry. You become possessive and, and you start to accuse them. And, and if they, they, they start to control your moods, if, if they're in a bad mood, you're in a bad mood. If they're in a good mood, then I'm in a good mood. And, the, and you start to build codependent relationships with unhealthy expectations because you are placing something on someone that was never meant to be placed on them that Jesus died and rose again for you and I to drink from that living water so that you and I can be satisfied. And we don't come from the place, I need you. We come from the place, I get to have you in my life. One of the most unhealthy statements is, I can't live without you. One of the most unhealthy statements is, I cannot live without you. But here's a healthy statement. Life is wonderful with you, and I hope you're always there, but it's possible without you. We come to terms that no matter what, or if I'm like John and thrown onto, onto an island, and all I have is him, or stuck in a prison walls, and all I have is him. We have to come to terms with what well am I drinking from? What does your relationships look like? Can you, can you look around you and you have friends that follow you, that want to be around you, that, that, that sense, have a sense of, have a sense of uh, man, they're there for you, 
that you can call them at, at any time? And, or do you look around and, and, and you're like, man, I, I got some broken bridges to mend. I got some things to fix. But it starts here. This, the greatest source that you'll never truly be able to, to be a, someone that meets someone's secondary needs if you're constantly, constantly sucking and pulling out of people that it's not meant to be. Jesus is your source. So how do we, how do we experience, how do, how do we experience this love? How do we soak it in? Turn with me to Ephesians 2, 4 to 9. This is probably like the first message in a long time that I don't mind if it's quiet. Ephesians 2, 4 to 9. <laughs> Once again, in my head, I'm just speaking out loud. It says this, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Thank you, Jesus. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. Get this, get this, get this, get this. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You want to experience the love of God? What did he say to the Samaritan woman? If you only knew the gift of God and who it is that you're talking to. If you only knew the gift of God every morning that's waiting by your bedside for you to open your eyelids and breathe in air and wake up to a brand new day, the day that he has given you the very air to breathe in your lungs. If you only knew the gift of God that wants to shower mercy and grace and love upon you, if you only knew the one who is able and capable to tear down the giants that are screaming at you in your day, if you only knew who was at your very call, who's waiting for you to ask, to seek, to knock. Come on, some of us need to understand the very gift that Jesus is. Amen. Don't ever lose sight. Don't ever lose sight that he is the most precious gift that you'll ever have. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the promotion. It's, the promotion is just the fruit of our gift. It's not, it's not the blessing of friends. It's, it's just the, that's, that's the blessing. It's the fruit of our gift. This gift that we've been blessed, that bled and died for you and I to have. If we want to experience, if we want to, if we want to step into a place of acceptance, it comes to a place of, of, of just, a, I got a gift. I don't want to ignore the gift. I don't want to be so busy in my day and I just pass by the gift. I don't want to, I don't want to just be so busy in my flesh trying to make things happen and trying to achieve my dreams that I don't even take time to sit on the couch with the very gift himself and wonder what he has to say and allow his words to be the, the water, the living water that just this month it's, oh, can you guys feel him? Oh, he's in the room. Close your eyes and put your hands towards heaven, please. 
Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Father. You're putting on our hearts right now every, every relationship this month that there's going to be mending, there's going to be restoration, there's going to be a beautiful intimacy come between husband and wife. There's going to be authenticity and rawness come to a circle of friends that are, that are abiding by the very command to love one another. Not clicks, but open door circles to, to embrace life and build community and, and reveal to the world that relationships can be done right. That if, if love is legislative because you commanded us to love, that means that we, by the power of the Spirit, have the ability to bring restoration between me and my boss, restoration between me and my coworkers, restoration. God, maybe there's great relationships that are just going to be strengthened. They're going to go from threshold to threshold, from thriving to thriving, from strength to strength. Holy Spirit, we just lift up each and every one of those people and every single one of us have someone in our lives. Repair, repair the fracture. Mend the broken hearts. Let forgiveness reign. Let forgiveness reign. Let forgiveness reign. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Oh, gosh, we see it. It's, it's going to be so beautiful. Testimonies of families being restored testimonies of prodigal children coming home, testimonies, God, of, of this year for the first time in many years that we're, that we're going to come together as a family on Thanksgiving. We're going to come together as a family at Christmas. This year, God, we're declaring in Jesus' name, oh, it's going to be beautiful, Father. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing to restore relationships in Jesus' mighty name. If I could have the keys out about, that'd be awesome. With every eye looking this way, First relationship, greatest relationship, the, relate, the, the, the well to drink of the living water starts with Jesus Christ. And I want to knock on the door of your heart, and I want to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? From the front to the back, left to the right, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to go to heaven one day? Do you know that you have come to a place of surrender and repentance in your heart? saying, God, I've been living in the flesh. I've been living in this, doing my own thing. I've been sleeping around. I've been, I've been being drunk. I, 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 I've been, been running, running away from you. But today's the day that I want to come home. Today's the day that I want to give my life to Jesus. And my friend, he's knocking on the door of your heart. And, and the beautiful gift of God, this beautiful gift that Jesus purchased on the cross with his own flesh, with his own blood, when he breathed his last breath and he declared to humanity, it is finished. What's finished? It is finished. There's now a possible way. There's now a way to come back to God and be restored. There's now a way to, to find forgiveness in the arms of our loving Heavenly Father. There's now a possibility because he died and not just that, three days later, he rose again and he, he redeemed man from, from being separated from God for all eternity. He doesn't want you separated, he wants you close. He wants relationship. He doesn't want a Sunday uh, religious Christian. He wants a, an everyday son or daughter that would walk in encounter after encounter and drinking from the well of living water. Not a life of pain, of relational train wrecks, baggage, 
but a life that He can pick you up, dust you off, point you to destiny, empower you with the Spirit so that you can live in exemplified relationships that prove to the world that His church is known by love. With every eye looking at me on the count of three, maybe you've walked away from God and today you're returning, you're saying, yes, pastor, and that's me. I want to surrender to Jesus today. Or maybe for the first time ever, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel that Jesus died for our sin and shame, that he didn't just stay in the grave, but he resurrected. He now holds the, the keys to death and life. Maybe that's you and you want to come home today. On the count of three, raise your hands. One, two, three, across this building. Awesome decision, my friends. If that's you in this room, online, make a comment. I want to make sure, awesome decision. Awesome decision, man. Online, let us know, comments. Come on, if that's you, raise your hands. Make a bold decision in this moment. Awesome. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but God sees your hearts. We're gonna to pray together right now, and you can still say that prayer. I'd love us to bow our heads and close our eyes. We're gonna say a prayer that, not to mere man, we're gonna say a prayer to God, he's in this room. And he didn't feel just emotion. He didn't just feel a pricking of, of, uh, of, a, uh, of an emotional moment. That's the Holy Spirit at work in your heart. He's leading you from death to life. He's leading you into salvation. We're going to say a prayer together. And I want you to say a prayer with just with faith. Say, Jesus. Say, Jesus. Today, I surrender my entire life to you. Holding nothing back. I see what you've done on the cross. I thank you and I believe it. I see what you did at the grave. You rose again. I thank you and I believe it. Today, I receive the gift of salvation. I am now saved and I'm a child of the Most High God, adopted into your family forgiven and set free. Holy Spirit, baptize me. Baptize me in fire so that I can live this life overcoming, following you with all my heart in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, awesome. Can we just give those people a round of applause? Awesome decision. So good.